Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there, it is Catherine Turner here, your host of Leveraged Lifestyle. And this episode is my interview with 22-year-old entrepreneur Lauren Thickner. Now, Lauren came onto my radar really thanks to a couple of uh, my peers and my business mentor, Rob Moore. And I was listening to her own podcast, Impact School. Uh, I do encourage you to go check that out as well. Lauren also has, last time I checked, 132,000 Instagram followers and has that all important blue tick, the verified account, which is incredible at such a young age. But it all makes sense when you listen to this podcast and my interview with her, how she has managed to create that still at such a young age. And really, Lauren's expertise is in helping you start and scale your own online coaching business. And she, uh, Impact School, her podcast is has been voted uh, a, one of the world's top 10 business podcasts. So uh, slightly jealous there, but also, you know, a great person to learn from for me. Uh, she loves putting out highly actionable free content and she has given us a special link, which you will find in the show notes to some free online workshops she's created for you. Um, but we delve into loads of stuff, uh, social media, uh, coaching business, business partners. And she was extremely candid in this interview as well. I really do thank her for her just open honesty. She didn't let anything go unsaid. And I really hope you enjoyed this interview with Lauren Tickner and myself because I enjoyed recording it for you. So listen now to my interview with Lauren Tickner. Cool, let's have a little chat. But um, yeah. I've got a few kind of questions, but I usually just make it really super conversational. Oh, and yeah, I just, well, as I said, I've been following you for a while on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And kind of, um, as I say, saw like my business mentor, Rob, was interviewing you. And I just thought I need to get you on the podcast because <laughs> I feel like you've just got so much good stuff and you're still so young that like makes me go oh I want to start all over again <laughs> 10 years younger again but it's all good um but yeah so um probably for my listeners who don't know um you uh, I'd just love you to introduce yourself Lauren yeah so thank you so much for having me I know that we planned this ages ago did, yeah. literally ages ago I get this this I think maybe one of us added each other on Facebook yeah. and I get this this message and I'm like Okay, it's about nine months in advance, but I'm going to be in Surrey, which is... I, be there, yeah. I was going to say, you always seem to like you're on holiday. I really feel like my voice is going. I've just been at... Uh, as you know, I've been at a wedding last night, so... Ooh. Sorry there, everyone. Get husky fine. Catherine. There we go. Yeah, but husky's always sexy. So, yeah, I get this message being like, let's do a podcast. I was like, why not? So here we are in glorious Surrey, it's England. Beautiful. It's a pretty rare occurrence I'm actually here. And so, yeah, doing this podcast today. So... For everyone listening, I am a, at the moment, a 22-year-old online entrepreneur. I absolutely love the online space. It is amazing. We were, just before we hit record, we were talking about property because I'm yep. wanting to get into property at the moment. That's my next game plan, my next adventure. Um, and so I started really because I worked a corporate job, 
But while I was working that corporate job, I was actually documenting my fitness journey Mm -hmm. on social media. And I was building up an audience there because I'd previously been through this entire weight loss journey, which was super unhealthy. And I wanted to help people realize that there was a healthy way to do Mm. things. And so as I was just like working this corporate job and doing my exams in school (laughs) before I ever even did the corporate job, I was building this audience and it was just like this brand new thing because this was back before having a fitness Instagram or having a personal brand was a thing that anyone other than celebrities did. Mm. And so it was kind of weird and people were confused and mocking me and all that. And so then as I was in my corporate job, every the only thing that would actually make me happy because like I was like seriously, you know, my parents told me like we've lost the Lauren that we used to know. Okay. They even said that to me because I, I, I was so unhappy in that job. Mm. You do not understand. And so anyways, so I'm basically going into the toilet, like at work and just like checking my phone. And like, that was the one thing that made me happy. Mm-hmm. All this stuff that I was doing on social. And so basically, it's kind of a funny story. So I was working in asset management in London and I'd have to take the train. Like I'd walk to the train station, I'd take the train, then I'd walk to the office and then I'd be there and whatever. And then basically... As I was in the office, you know, there was people around me just complaining the whole time. But then there was sort of a a few days where they stopped complaining and everyone was a bit more excited than normal. And they were saying like, oh, we're getting our bonuses soon. (laughs) And so at this point, like I was very money motivated. That's why I went into investment management. And so I'm like, okay, amazing. I'm going to get my bonus and I'm going to (laughs) leave. And so this was like around Christmas time. They were saying it's coming around Christmas time. So I was like, okay, cool. Makes sense. Christmas, bonus. My dad always gives his employees their bonuses around Christmas. So I was like, hey, it's what I've always known. Yeah. <laughs> so January rolls by, nothing. Ugh. My birthday is in January, nothing. February, nothing. By March, we get told it's happening in April, the end of the tax year. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I've waited all this time for this bonus. For God's sake. So I wait and I wait and I wait and I get it. I get a bonus. It was about three to four thousand pounds, which for me, age 19, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so the day after I get my bonus, make sure it comes into my bank account. <laughs> I have my notice in and I'm out. And that was when I went all in on becoming an online fitness coach, an online mm-hmm. personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Built my business, loved every moment of it. And then I decided to go to university. Mm-hmm. Was that uni doing all this fitness coaching stuff? Was getting sponsored by big companies like Gymshark, I know we were talking about. Mm. And was working with all these brands, selling ebooks and just doing all this stuff. And I was like, why am I at uni? <laughs> I'm studying supposedly the UK's number one business degree. But guess what? All of my lecturers have never had their own businesses. Mm. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So... Basically, after my first year, my degree was a bit different. The first half of the second year, I had to do a placement. Mm -hmm. So I went and worked in my friend's startup, which was an influencer marketing agency. Amazing company. But I just was like, nah, I'm not employable. (laughs) So I quit that job and my uni wouldn't let me do my own business as my placement. Uh, placement. Despite (sighs) the fact that (laughs) it was actually way more profitable than the business I was working for (laughs) but um anyway so yeah left uni and then ever since then that was like a year and a half ago now yeah I've just been doing what I do now helping people start and scale their own online coaching companies and I love it nice I feel like you've completely exploded then like I was thinking it 
from what I see of you, like it looks like you've been doing it way longer just because <laughs> of like your audience size. Obviously, I think well, I last looked at 132,000 on just like Instagram, for example. And it, so it just, you've obviously been building it for a long time. A long time. And I like started you, at 16 years old. Wow. So it's been six years on Instagram. There we go. And yeah. now, honestly, it's funny. I just was saying that I was at a, uh, an, a retreat in Ibiza just the past few days. And so basically I brought out my videographer with me. And so she basically, were, we, we were just talking. She knows me so well. She's followed me since the beginning. Yeah. Probably since I was 17. So nice. pretty okay. much the beginning, which is crazy. Like 5,000 Instagram followers or whatever. <laughs> and so we were just talking about it because I've hit a massive roadblock on Instagram where it comes to having shifted my audience from a really sexy industry, mm. fitness, to business, mm. which like, you know... Unless you're posing with your Lambo or (laughs) you're just like holding a wad of cash, it's not as sexy. Mm. And so making that shift made it super hard for me because like my audience is different. And Mm. obviously the Instagram algorithm right now, it will push your content out Mm -hmm. if you get engagement from your audience like in the first few seconds or minutes or whatever. I don't really know. Yeah. But that's been pretty problematic to me and my audience. Mm. Um, so I've been really focusing actually on, a lot on LinkedIn. Okay. Right. So yeah. but anyways, I was talking to Danny, the girl who works with me. And um, I was saying like, I just don't know what to do about my Instagram. I don't know whether to make it a fitness account again, because mm. next year I'm going to make a new fitness coaching company. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, I just don't know. So we were talking about it and she was like, you know what you should do? Make a lifestyle Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. That's really interesting because I've always been super educational. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, if it doesn't add value, don't bother posting <laughs> it. And so then I realized like, that's actually so interesting. Like what she's saying. I'd be interested to hear your point of view mm. on this as well, because having like the lifestyle Instagram, because I'm basically selling the lifestyle, you mm-hmm. know, of having a business from your laptop yep. where you're changing people's lives. And so, yeah, that's sort of what I think I'm planning on with that. Cool. It makes that makes sense. And interestingly, because pretty much all the businesses I do, they're either leveraged. We have like great team members, like here in the UK, we have uh, virtual assistants who work for us out in the Philippines. Like I could be based anywhere. I mean, yes, we have two young <laughs> children. So that's, you know, a consideration. But like for us, it is about like the lifestyle that the businesses give us. Mm. And I think that's what people love. Mm. Like, of course, yes, they want to then know how to get there, but you'll you'll bring them in by what you, the so what, like right. business, but so what, yeah. like, which means that you can have this lifestyle. So yeah, I, I love, yeah. I love watching your Instagram, like when you're doing your travels and stuff like that. And I saw you in New York and you'll see on, on the retreat and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's like, you've created a business that allows you to do that. And I think mm. so many people want to know about that. I know my listeners really love that kind of the idea. I mean, that's the whole premise of this podcast as well right. it's really like okay i create a business but what's the lifestyle off yeah. the back of it and how can i leverage and outsource to create that mm. so um yeah really intuitive of you to like again have someone like document your journey and be with you like from such a young age of like and such like an early stage of your business really um because i think like you're gonna have so much amazing content there and yeah. like people have to see that's amazing yeah yeah that's- exactly that's why i love making youtube videos as mm-hmm. well um like literally I feel so sorry for her sometimes but Danny <laughs> bless her like I'll just send her all this content for example when I was in New York sent her so many videos just like they're all in the wrong order make something cool but then the, the thing is like 
I didn't really care what came out because I was yeah. like, I just want to be able to look back on this. Yeah. Like, I just want to be able to, like, have these videos. Like, they're like 30 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Just have that to be able to look back when I'm old and wrinkly <laughs> and just say that was a good time. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think I used to take it all way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, before I really separated my business from my personal brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm such an advocate for personal branding, mm-hmm. but I also think like rather than it just being Lauren Tickner's course, mm-hmm. actually now I have Impact School mm-hmm. and then I have like my personal brand where I'll just yeah. sort of show the lifestyle of mm-hmm. owning that business Impact School. Yes. That's sort of how I'm doing it now. It's yeah. like the personal brand is like the holdings company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Of the business. It's so funny because I was going to talk to you about kind of the separation of business and personal brand. I'm going to hold it there for a moment because I want to go back to something you kind of said. And I yes. feel like there's some similarities. I appreciate there's like 10 years difference, at least between us. But you said like, I needed out of this job. Mm. Funnily enough, the reason I got into business was because I had some mental health issues right. due to essentially working in a job that was like so stressful mm. and I didn't want to be there. And like you say, like people like being really down and not motivated and then and, and to be fair, I work for like public sector. So there was no bonus oh, time <laughs> and so many redundancies constantly and changing. And funny enough, I had um, my, I got the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy and my pay packet was about £4,000 as well. Funny mm. enough, my redundancy package. I've been there five years though. And wow. I was like, so less than a grand for every year I've been there. I was like, this, wow, this just sucks. Shows like, how much you're valued, huh? Well, this is it. And I just thought I put my all into that and I gave a lot of hours. And so it's interesting that even though, maybe you like have a short amount of time there, it still affected you in that same way. And one of the things I'm always keen to explore is like why people go into business for themselves, because mm. I know it's not for everyone, but you, was that a push factor for you as well, even though you had started some of it beforehand? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So when I was in school, I went to a really academic school and I always knew that I wanted to do well. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone was pushed into going to university, then going to get a corporate job. Now, I was actually at my school yesterday because we had our five-year from leaving reunion. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so the lady who heads up the um, sort of, they call it like the the alumni, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the lady who heads all that up, I was talking to her because they did a feature on me in their magazine. Mm -hmm. And so I was saying, oh, it was so nice. Loads of people who are currently students sent me a message saying how, how grateful they were for everything that I'm doing because it helped them realize that despite the fact that everyone around them may want to go into university, then climb the corporate ladder, that there's more out there for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting what she said back to me. <laughs> she said, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I'm all for that. I, I love that. I love what you're doing and I love that there's options for people nowadays, Mm. but the school doesn't like it. The school (laughs) doesn't want that message because they're afraid of what's going to happen to those people because it's not certain. There's no certainty, right? (laughs) When you go into entrepreneurship, whereas when you go to, when you get into a Russell Group Uni or Oxbridge (laughs) or one of the top universities, like you kind of have some sort of certainty. Mm. And so it was really interesting hearing her say that because... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it was just whatever. So I always knew that I wanted to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I remember that, for example, in, I think it was when I was like 16 years old, our whole school did this thing, which basically was where you're put into a team 
and you had to come up with a business idea. Yeah. Right? I remember doing something like that, yeah. actually, funnily enough. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's such a cool thing, yeah. but I hated it. Okay. I absolutely hated it. And I was like, why would anyone want to have their own business? I just didn't, <laughs> I did not understand. Yeah. Because here's the thing I didn't realize. I thought that in order to have a business, you had to Im- be an inventor. Okay. And so I was like trying to think of these things that I could invent, like these these physical things, but I yeah. just couldn't do it because my brain doesn't work that way. That's so funny you say that. Like I had an interview um, with another um, a friend through property um, on the podcast, Jackie Tone, and she thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. I was like, that's so weird. Because that, that never came into my head, but yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, because yeah. I always thought that if you... I don't know. I just, I thought that I needed to build something yeah, really and just be some sort of like, yeah, creator. Because when you think about people who have really done huge things, I don't know, you think about people who like, I don't know. Create something like brand Physical. New. Yeah. Or something brand like new. Like Dyson or yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. I didn't realize like services was a Yeah, like thing. Microsoft or, yeah. Like yeah, and big... exactly. And nowadays I think, well, actually, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'd rather be in an industry and just do something that is already proven. Yes, Because exactly. it shows that there's demand for it. Yeah. And so reinventing the wheel, it just isn't necessary. It's yeah. just making it more efficient or whatever. Yeah. So why I got into business? Well, it didn't start with being one of those kids that had a lemonade stand that everyone always has. <laughs> I did used to sell stuff on eBay yeah. when I was young. I yeah. loved the idea of like making my own money. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, because um, I, I hate taking people's money. So my parents would like give me 20 pounds to go shopping with my friends, but I just would never spend it. I hated spending other, other people's money. Okay. So when I was 16, which is like the only time in the UK, the legal age to get a job, yeah. I went and was washing dishes in a pub for like <laughs> three pound an hour or whatever minimum yeah, wage was. I think I did waitressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I tried to get that job, but they wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> and then... I quit that washing dishes job because it just, the smell. Sometimes I go into pubs now and I walk past the kitchen. Oh, it makes me gag. Oh no, like, it's so the memories bad. come it back. It was so cold out there. It was so cold. Yeah. It had no heating or anything because my birthday was in January. So I started literally oh, the week goodness. after. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so bad. And then when I was like, a few months went by and I was like, okay, I'm going to get another job. So I went back to that place and I asked them if I could have a job as a waitress. Because I was still, yeah, I was still 16. And then finally they gave it to me. I lasted like two months, no, maybe a bit less. And I got fired because this <laughs> oh, French dude was like, you are just not passionate enough. <laughs> and I was like, you're expecting me to be passionate about cleaning someone's dirty food off the table. <laughs> I don't know about that. So why did I get into business? I really think it's just, I need freedom. Mm-hmm. I hate people telling me what to do. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> and so when I was working at the asset management job, I just the fact that I asked sometimes, like, can I do this from home? Because it was the same, same thing I had to do every single day. And they mm-hmm. said no. It just didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. It literally made no sense. I did not understand why I had to physically be there. Yeah. Because I was like, I can just do this on my laptop and I'll get it done like that faster because yeah. no one's going to be trying to talk to me. Yeah. And that, that's like the biggest thing. For mm. me, it's freedom. I yeah. need freedom. Yeah. But then I was, for me, it was sort of that I put myself in a really good position to be mm. able to leave that job and have this sort of 
quote-unquote backup plan yeah because i had already built an audience on social yeah and despite the fact that i knew that followers don't equal income i knew that i would find a way to monetize it Mm -hmm. because i just i just knew I, i had demand people were asking me and so when i left that job i just knew that i'm just not an employable person i'm just not <laughs> yeah and at first i th- well that's actually why i changed my degree to business because mm-hmm. i was supposed to be studying economics and politics at university okay but to do that asset management job i deferred my entry to uni for a year okay and then what happened was while i was in that job i was just i was getting these headaches and i was getting really unwell mm. because of the job mm-hmm. and i was Given glasses, because I thought that I needed glasses, but it turns out I actually have 20-20 vision. But the reason why my vision was so ruined was because of the job. Because I was just must have had these tension headaches and it affected my sight. Manifesting like Mm -hmm. physically then. Exactly. Wow. So like I literally could not read the spreadsheets that I was looking at and the emails and all that. And then I got these glasses and it just like gave it was like I had had like 10 coffees. Wow. That's it just like force my eyes into overload yeah and um and so basically what happened was um so i what was i saying about before um so it's obviously the reason you got into it so you wanted the freedom or the asset management obviously you changed your uni degree ah yeah yeah so i was getting these such bad headaches and Mm. at this point i just knew okay if i stay in this degree Mm because at this point I was like okay I'm definitely not staying at this company yeah even though they'd offered me like a salary of like 40 or 50k or something at the age of 19 wow nice yeah I could have been so easy to fall into that trap right 100% just Mm -hmm. because of the the money was like the bait but here's the thing I just knew at that point I I cannot I cannot stay here Mm. and then I was thinking okay if I'm gonna go to university just do economics and politics which is what I I got in for Mm -hmm. then the problem is I'm going to end up back in a job like this. Yes. And so I was on, I went to Bath, the University of Bath. Mm-hmm. I was on their website, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> I was like, I just, I really want to do exercise and nutrition. And mm-hmm. so I went on their sports science degree and it was like, okay, you can get in if you've got three A's. So I was like, yes. And I'm reading like all the other requirements. And it's like, you have to have science A level. Uh. So I phoned them up because I didn't do that. Yeah. I phoned them up. And I'm asking them, and I'm like, I ha- I've done this, I've done that in the fitness industry, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, I'm going to do my personal training qualification because at this point I'd already bartered with a personal training company <laughs> and got them to let me do the course for £400, whereas it was supposed to be like two and a half grand. Amazing. Because I told them I'd do some posts on social. Nice. I know. Excellent. And um, so I'd already got that looked in. Fine. Done. But the university was like, No. So I was just really getting frustrated and I saw this, this other one, sport and social science, but I was like, nah, the entry requirements are like BBB. I was like, mm, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I see on, I just go on their homepage for some reason. And I see UK's number one business degree. And I was like, oh, perfect. So I looked at that and I was like, they're never going to accept me. Mm-hmm. I just never thought that they would. Phone them up had a conversation sent them over all my experience and everything and i got in on that and so that's yeah that's why that i did that because of that job yeah that's why i was like i'm never i'm never working with someone else again and then you're like 
this uni thing stopped for me. I actually just want to go and do my own business anyway. I would have stayed at university yeah. if they'd have let me do my own business as my placement yeah. on when I was doing that influence marketing thing. But they didn't let me do it. I don't get it. It's so Strange. Weird. It's yeah. like, how, how better experience could you have than actually running your own business? But I know. Crazy. Crazy. Okay, that's cool. I think that is really nice because it really sets the scene. And I think it's interesting that even though, like I said, like there is this age gap to us, we've had actually quite very similar journeys. Um, I feel like you've had some better hindsight along the way and you've started things a bit <laughs> earlier. So I feel like probably a lot of my list is going to be a, feel a little bit jealous about that. But equally, it's like, we'll just build on some of the stuff that you've got already. So I kind of want to ask you, because I'm always like, okay, I want people to learn through what, you know, when I'm interviewing people, like how can they learn through, through you yeah, and through yeah. your experiences? Exactly. So uh, one of the things I'd love to ask you is for my listeners, like what would be your top tips? We've, we started to go into like brand, personal brand, but like building a business online. What would be kind of like the top three things you say, like to get right or that would be the most important? Firstly, you're acting as though you're like 50 bajillion years older than me. <laughs> which is I know. I was, hey. <laughs> it's not my Two kids, all. like. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just started really young. So don't worry about it. It's pretty cool. rare. So when it comes to building a business online, I think the one thing that people forget is that they need to be solving a particular problem for a mm. particular person. So oftentimes people will say, all right, cool. I'm going to build a, a business in the fitness industry. And then it's just like, okay, I'm going to come out with this brand new program or I'm going to come out with this brand new shake. And it's like, okay, cool, but who's it for? Mm-hmm. Why is this person going to buy into it? Mm-hmm. It needs to be solving one of their immediate burning problems. And so let's just say you instead are like, hey, I'm going to bring out a new protein shake in the fitness industry and it's going to be designed specifically for entrepreneur mums. So basically mums who are also entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. who are busy, who don't have time to have breakfast, who need to get some protein in the morning because they go to the gym because they love their productivity. (laughs) They go to the gym and then they want to have their protein shake after. It makes it so easy to market. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing is like people don't pick a specific problem of a specific person. Either they don't do that or they, again, they try and reinvent the wheel. Mm. And it's like you don't need to reinvent the wheel it's more so about building a kick-ass brand because building the brand is more important than building an actual physical or like tangible or new product. Yeah. That's what I'd say. And it's also about really just communicating so incredibly clearly how that thing or that service or whatever is going to change that person's life. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is the transformation that yeah. it's going to provide for them? Yeah. That's what I'd say. I think, you know, you need to know the industry you're in, you need to know your niche, mm-hmm. obviously. So in that situation, it would have been like the entrepreneurial moms. Yeah, that's that's more of a sub niche actually. Mm-hmm. That's more of because it could be the niche could be on entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and then the entrepreneurial moms is the sub niche. And then the problem is obviously going to be the fact that they are too busy to get breakfast, and then yeah, you're obviously having the solution, and it's yeah. really clear. And so I think that's really where to start. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like, what vehicle are you going to use to solve that problem as well? Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're really busy and they can't get breakfast in in the morning, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to create a protein shake, right? That's one vehicle. That's one solution. Another solution could be that you could then build an online fitness coaching business. 
to mm -hmm. provide them with quick and easy workouts that they can actually do at home instead. Yeah. There are many different vehicles. You have to choose the one that's best for you. Yeah. That's what I would say. And don't try and do them all. Pick one. Mm -hmm. My new philosophy is like, okay, one ideal client, mm -hmm. one problem, mm -hmm. one million. <laughs> Whether you want it to be like one million a year, one million a month, like what, whatever. Yeah. That's what I say. It's like, just take it to that. Just stick to one, one, one. And then boom. Like it. You'll be good. Yeah. I think there's a lot of crossover in what I talk about of like, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like know that something has got, you know, whether it's a service or an actual product, that there's tangible results for it, that mm. it's something that people are in demand for anyway or and want anyway. Yeah. And you're just putting your niche to it or your sub niche and how you deliver it or how you sell it and promote it will be different from the person who's already doing it, for example. But Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly it. It's just like you want to make sure that you can get people the fastest results. If we're talking about services, I don't know too much about the product-based industry. Mm. It's just not where I focus. I've had some experiences with that in the past and it's I've lost loads of money. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just not where I'm going. And that's yeah. why for me, services. And I just see people all the time, pretty much people who are looking for like business opportunities. I feel that a lot of that is in sort of the people who, it's actually, I don't know, do you have a lot of audience members who have sort of just had kids maybe? So yeah, I, I think both on dad's side and the mum's side, mm. um, it's just kind of gravitated and yeah, obviously kind of the sense. age I'm at and things like that. Yeah. What I see a lot from that exact demographic is they it's like biz op, right? Because they, mm -hmm. they, they have just had kids and now they just need an opportunity so that they can work from home and stay with their kids, which is amazing. But like they jump to MLM mm -hmm. or they jump to this thing or that thing and mm. it's like they need to focus yeah and it's like pick one thing that you can do best yeah and so that's what i would say is like try because i've tried all these things i've tried everything <laughs> yeah literally I, I, my one of my team members cash was just telling me i think yeah we were on the phone yesterday and she was basically saying how one of our clients shell so shell's just had like a kid she used to try sell avon she tried selling Arban. She tried Beachbody. She tried all these MLM things, mm -hmm. right? She's but she spent so much money on it. Yeah. And now she really just wants to help other women not fall down that trap. Yeah. So that's like more of her long-term goal. She's now decided that she's gonna be a sleep that coach. Okay. Because that's yeah. what she knows best. Yeah. And it's like, just pick the thing that you know the best mm. and that you're also passionate about. Yeah. Like, what would you be doing in your free time? Yeah. If you if you weren't getting paid. Yeah. That is what you should build your business based yeah. upon. A lot of times, not Sleep always. Sounds good, actually. <laughs> yeah, not always, but yeah. but I mean, for me, doing fitness was an absolute no brainer. Mm. If I had a spare two hours, what would I do? I'd go to the gym. There you go. So that was why I started out doing that. Yeah. But for some people, it's like counselling their friends. <laughs> yeah. And so then they should maybe do relationship coaching or whatever yeah. happens to be yeah and so i just really think that that's sort of the easiest way to figure it out exactly mm. what you want to do but yeah that's so funny i literally did a post um i don't think it's on my instagram i think it's on my facebook of uh like playing to your strengths yeah and and literally there's some questions in there about like what to ask yourself and one of them is like what do you just kind of do with ease what yeah. are you always doing what would you be doing if you weren't getting paid sort of thing yeah. so it's quite interesting i always love that yeah it's weird when the 
I just feel like the world brings things together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 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 Um, something I want to ask you about as well. So obviously you've got your own podcast as well. Um, impact school. So I know obviously you had it as a different brand previously and was there a conscious decision to then brand it to go with your business as well and kind of going through that shift? Cause I'm, I keep toying with the idea to do a rebrand on the podcast and yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's a good idea and kind of, I suppose this also talks to people who think about going through rebrands, thinking about their business brand. Um, I'd just like to know kind of your, your insights really on going through it. The past two years for me have been like rebrand after rebrand after rebrand after rebrand. I literally did another one last week and it's just like, wow. But finally, my life feels together. Cool. Okay, so obviously I was in the fitness space. Mm -hmm. It all really started when I changed my Instagram username from Lauren Fitness to Lauren Tickner. Just my name. Yeah, just my name. Pretty much what happened was... I overcomplicate everything. <laughs> if something is simple, I'm like, there must be a catch. <laughs> so this is what it just happened. I don't know. I just, as you were saying, like reinventing the wheel, I always used to try and do that. Mm. So with regards to the podcast, I went to America last year, about mm-hmm. this time last year, when I'd already had the podcast up and running. And um, people just couldn't pronounce it right. I, I was about to say, I'm not even going to say it because I, the amount of times I've tripped on it. Like, I don't want people to even know what no, it was called. we won't even talk about it's it. It's gone. It's Done. gone. Gone. Now Boom. Impact School. <laughs> and so the reason I changed it to Impact School, I don't even know if my company was called Impact School then. I don't even think it was. Okay. That's yeah, I, call, I called the podcast Impact School because I had a program called Impact Through Influence. Okay. Then I had a program called Impact Your Niche. No, then I had okay. a program called Impact Your Social Media. And then I was like, okay, it's all impact. Yeah. So I'll just call my company Impact School. Yeah. And my vision was like to have tons of like small, low ticket courses that people could do as a part of the school. Yeah. Because I was so sick and tired of how the university system works. Mm. So I really wanted to just build my own like school. Nice. Okay. (laughs) And so then I was like, you know what? It actually makes sense to call my podcast the same thing. Oh, no, 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 no. The podcast was called Impact School, actually. Yeah. So that's why. And then I was like, no, it makes sense to call my business the same thing. Yeah. So then that became Impact School Podcast. Yeah. And then I have Impact School, the company. Yeah. And then within Impact School, we have Impact Schools Academy. Nice. Okay. Which is now our core program, Great. which we didn't really have before. I'll explain that in a sec. But <laughs> then on the back end of that, the academy, we have the incubator. Yeah. I'm also thinking about calling that the VIP incubator because then we can yeah. just refer to it as VIP. Yeah. And then that's it. We've simplified everything and stripped everything back. Nice. I did for like, for sometimes I'll run a promotion on the other two courses because I've already built them. Yes. But I really don't want to focus on them. Yeah. Because I realized that the specific, because I help people start online coaching companies and mm-hmm. scale online coaching companies. And for a while, I wasn't actually doing what I taught. Yeah. And that was only for a couple of months, but it doesn't sit right with me. Yes. Because I want to do exactly what I teach because it works. Yeah. So now for the academy, we it's kind of meta, right? Like we literally do what we teach. Yeah. And then people can see us doing it and they're like, yeah just exactly implementing so when they Mm. come through the program as well they understand how it's going to work for themselves yeah so um yeah i mean the whole rebrand was like the best thing i ever did yeah the one that i did recently was 
as I was saying, the academy, mm-hmm. that was re- that was also called Impact Your Online Business. Because mm-hmm. I, as I mentioned, I had Impact Your Niche, Impact Your Social Media, and then it was going to be Impact Your Online Business. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't make sense to have all them, whereas I could have just like kept it super simple, just had like one core yep. program. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, one product, one million. There <laughs> like, you go. You know? And so I'm just like, that's really what I'm focusing on mm-hmm. um, because... Having tons of different things, it just it just doesn't make sense. It yeah. exhausts your audience. They don't know which one to buy. Yeah. I heard people say this on podcasts time and time again, but I just didn't listen. Because you whenever listening to this right now, mm-hmm. right, you might be walking, you might be driving, you might be eating, you might be, I don't know, you doing something weird. Whatever. <laughs> you probably don't think that it applies to you. Mm-hmm. And I was that person who yeah. didn't think, oh no, it's I'm different. Yeah. I work I'm harder than it. everyone else. Yeah. I I can I can do things other people can't. Yeah. I'm but it's your ego talking. Yeah. Or it's your doubt talking. Like either mm-hmm. way it's your ego, right? Yeah. People seem to think that ego is like the thing which is you being super cocky. Yeah. But ego's, you know, but goes both ways. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like the rebrand, if you've been thinking about it, do it ASAP. Because the longer mm-hmm. you don't rebrand, mm. the more sunk costs there are. Yeah. So what I did with the podcast was I took down all the old ones that ever referred to the old name. I didn't want okay. anyone to ever even think about that. Yeah. It was gone, done in the past, complete. That period of my life, my business, over. Yeah. Moving forward. It's a way okay. better way to think about it. Because otherwise you get attached. Yeah. And like, God, it took me weeks of time to do this to all the podcasts because I had to change all the intros, all the outros. Yeah. Had to listen through the whole thing and um, edit out the parts where I mentioned this is the mm, podcast. Yeah. Right? And people are probably wondering what it's called. If you want to find out, then you're going to just have to go listen to uh, episode number one of Impact School. That's it. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, if you've been thinking about it, go mm-hmm. for it. Just do it now. But what's yeah. your reasoning behind it? And so the podcast was very much um, created, funnily enough, with uh, a guy we both know, Rob Moore, um, in mind and a book he'd written and we were kind of building on that. Um, and I feel like the it's not very SEO friendly, for one. Um, it doesn't say everything I want to do with the podcast. And what I'd like it to do, we have our ideal brand. So we have ideal collective, but... Our ideal is that we become ideal.com. Like yeah. we're not there yet, um, but that's kind of on our big goals list. And I have this, Yeah, like, I want impact.com. Yeah, this is it. Exactly, yeah. Because like the impactschool.com, some like random Spanish company has it. <sighs> and it's so annoying because they don't even spell it. They redirect, right? Oh, it's like no. S-K-O-L-L. Urgh. And I'm just like, for God's sake. I want the real thing, yeah. I know. So yeah, that's kind of how I see it. So I feel like then I can cover, so it'd be like ideal business property lifestyle. Yeah, nice. That's how I kind of see it. I like so it. I, I've been thinking about it for a little while. I hadn't kind of completely formed the name. Um, and I have a second podcast that I'm about to be working on um, all around my vegan lifestyle as well. So okay. I feel like there's then potential crossovers that yeah, I can yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about and like certain guests where they might be maybe more fitness or health or have a vegan business, whatever they could then cross over yeah, yeah. Um, and work for both. Oh my podcasts. God. I have to put you in touch with like one of my clients. Her name's cool. Emily. And she basically, her whole business is all about, she doesn't like to say vegan. She prefers plant-based, plant-based yeah. but she literally has the most kick ass business. Nice. Um, oh, she crushes it. Cause she helps cool. people lose weight following a plant-based lifestyle. Nice. 
And, uh, She's definitely getting in touch anyway. She like, has two a, kids. On yeah, the absolutely. No, she has a big um, a YouTube channel as well. So okay. I'll connect you guys for sure. Thank you. Awesome. She's See, awesome. This is what I love about doing podcasts there as well. You get to meet awesome people, make great yeah, connections. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Absolutely. Cool. Um, but so, yeah, no, with regards to your rebrand, like, yes. it makes so much sense. Because for me, as soon as I had a lot, this is one thing. I was actually listening to a podcast earlier. I listened to so many. Thank you. And they were talking <laughs> about um, just having your like one word. Yeah. And so for you, it's obviously ideal. Uh-huh. For me, it's impact. Mm-hmm. Just you, everyone listening right now, like, what is your one word? Yeah. Right? Because when you can have that one word, it just sort of, you're mm. just tunnel visioned. Yeah. And so I just find that when you can do that, it simplifies everything. Mm. And so, yeah, just think about what that is. So mm. for me, yeah, it's, just, it's the same, like, in the future, it means that if I, well, when I build my fitness coaching company, I can just focus on like, okay, it could be called Impact Your Fitness or like yep. Impact Schools Fitness something. It just, yep. it just makes it easier yep. rather than having tons of different small little businesses. Like yep. the Impact Your Online Business, which is now called Impact Schools Academy, mm-hmm. that started out being called Online Fitness Business School. <laughs> That's a mouthful <laughs> as well. I know, right? <laughs> The domain was long. <laughs> and here's the thing. It was it was only for helping people build fitness coaching companies. Yeah. And then the, th- the thing was, like, I had tons of people who were, like, mindset coaches or mm. therapists. And just random niches come to me saying, Lauren, I really want to do this program, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. But it does. It's the same concept. Yeah. It's just the name. Yeah. And that shows how powerful the market message is. Mm. And so at that point, I knew, okay, I need to change it. That was when I changed it to impact your online business. Mm -hmm. But then even just so recently, the whole rebrand literally in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Keeps it simple. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like I'm sure one of my teachers back at like college time was saying like, oh, you overcomplicate things. You overthink things. Literally me, yeah. Definitely have in the last few years kind of having to. But equally, in some ways, like me even doing this podcast, like I'm like living what I share, obviously. And so for me, it's like, well, if I want to keep it simple for my audience, I've got to keep it simple for myself. Mm. So it's like, so one of the things I want to talk to you about as well, because I am all about leverage and outsourcing and creating a business that gives you the lifestyle you want. So obviously you get to travel the world and run online businesses and help other people run online businesses. So what are you leveraging and outsourcing that you think other people like my listeners should be doing? Yeah, so I think that this is a really interesting thing because I think that so often people want to have this like bespoke boutique agency or service-based business whereby everything is 100% personalized and customized and tailored to the client. But what I've actually realized is that for coaches and consultants, maybe for people who are graphic designers, this doesn't work quite the same. I think it probably could though. What I found is like, taking every client through a specific series of steps is the most sensible way to do things mm-hmm. because then you don't have to keep doing different things for every client. They mm. all go through the same system. Yep. And when you create a system that actually works, mm-hmm. it's like, it's rinse and repeat. And obviously along the way, you can give them personal touch points and stuff. Yep. But it doesn't need to be so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So the biggest way in which I've been able to leverage my business is through creating a repeatable system that every client goes through. Yep. And the way that we've been able to do that is that 
our core messaging is that we help people start high ticket online coaching companies. Mm -hmm. So if they've been trying to be an online coach or consultant for a while and struggling, or if they're totally brand new, or if they don't have a high ticket offer, maybe they're just selling like a hundred pounds or a hundred bucks a month, then it's going to work for them. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I've realized. It's like having that clear message Mm -hmm. has been able to ensure that we're only working with that specific group of people. Yeah. Not people who are already earning like 10 grand a month from Mm -hmm. high ticket coaching. Yeah. For sure. They could be earning 50 grand a month, but they could be just selling eBooks. Yeah. And that's why they need to use this new type of coaching. Yeah. And so doing that's been really great. Yeah. Um, Other ways in which I've been able to leverage my time as it were um employing people but i did them all all of my people who work with me are actually contractors yeah so i don't have anyone on pay or anything right now maybe in the future right now it doesn't make sense for me yeah and so that's been great because i assign responsibilities i don't assign them with tasks and so then they feel ownership over it and so for example i have a girl whose responsibility is student success Mm mm-hmm and then the way in which we measure that, we have various different KPIs. But the biggest thing that sort of motivates her, because you've got to know what people are motivated by, mm-hmm. money, impact, whatever. Yeah. Being motivated by money, she gets bonuses every time someone joins our continuity. Mm-hmm. So I give her 25% of everyone who or who comes onto the continuity. Yeah. And like of, of month one. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense. Because then if she hits her numbers, then I'll give her a bonus. Yeah. And so that's what I've done there. Then she takes full on ownership and control over that. Mm. Then when it comes to the girl who does my videos, I'm like, okay, this video needs to go up on this day. Do it. I just give them total autonomy. Yeah. Because I hated it when I was working my job and they just wanted to control everything I did. And I don't care where they are in the world. I don't care when they get it done. It just has to be done by this time. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, Then in my program... It's like a video course, but it's coaching. So they get as much personal one-on-one coaching and consulting as they want. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of it. Mm-hmm. I have coaches, consultants who do that for me. So I have five of them on my team. Amazing. And it's great because they do that. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't even do anything. So it's cool. <laughs> like, I don't do anything. I just go travel the world. Uh-huh. It's so funny. Yeah, like, I, so I think we talk about, yeah, exactly. I yeah. wouldn't want to just do that. Though. No, I think no. this is it. I love, I, I've got to repeat that phrase you just said, they, I assign responsibilities, not tasks. Mm. That That's beautiful. And I, I think that's a great takeaway, actually, for a lot of um, business owners as well. Yeah. I mean, even for us, like, I've just thought about that. I'm like, okay, how can I like build that into to our team because our team has just grown uh, pretty much tripled if not quadrupled over the last six months amazing uh, well, say six months for september now so yeah <laughs> over the last year um and so it is like sometimes there's certain stuff that you feel maybe you need to micromanage and maybe there's some stuff that could like just run with something yeah and i think you know we're, we're looking at our staff and again okay like how can we make their life better like we've always talked about from the very beginning, like what are their values? What would mean the most to them? Like you say, is it money? Is it time off? Is it a gift or a reward or <laughs> love language? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's um yeah, you you've got to know that about the people yeah, that are working I mean, with you. The thing is, though, when you assign people tasks, they sort of just feel like they're sort of just like a cog. Yeah. When you assign them responsibilities, then they own it. It's yeah. it's the the level of ownership. Yeah. And so it's just, it makes such a big difference. Um, 
And so one big thing that I did in my business, this, well, I was kind of working with this guy. He was, but our rules were very, you know, I'll do this, you'll do that. It was kind of like, Mm -hmm. there was no set boundaries, really. Mm -hmm. He was sort of like a second me. And that was super problematic because it doesn't work. And so then I haven't actually read the full book, but I've heard the guy, one of the guys that wrote it on multiple podcasts and I've read their website and stuff. Honestly, I don't really enjoy reading, so I'm probably just going to have to listen to the audiobook. Yeah. But I read the first chapter, and it's called Rocket Fuel. Okay. And so they talk about how in every business there's a visionary and an integrator. Mm-hmm. And so I'm obviously definitely the visionary. Yeah. And this guy, Max, is very much an integrator. Yeah. But he was always giving me new ideas. Like, he was always, like, uh, trying to, okay. Im- to give me vision. Yeah. And it was super problematic. That's why we ended up having so many courses, mm-hmm. so many different things going on. This webinar this week, the next webinar the next week, this challenge. And it was just too much. Yeah. Because he was always trying to be the visionary. Yeah. And so I was like, look, we can't work together if you still keep trying to do this. Yeah. And I said, here's what your responsibilities are. Yeah. And then read this book. Yeah. So he read the book and he was like, wow, I am an integrator through and through. Yeah. And then we were just talking a couple of weeks ago and I was outlining, you know, the next quarter ahead. And he was like, oh, yeah. And I can help you with this as well. I was like, no, (laughs) you cannot. As much as I'd love you to, no. Yeah. Because he has great ideas. That's the thing. But Mm. I don't want those ideas because it makes me go in the wrong direction. Yeah. And so I'm like, you are the integrator. I tell you what we're doing. You make it happen. Yeah. You find the people. You do whatever you need to do. Just make it happen. Yeah. And that's changed the game. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's interesting, actually, because um, I, I suppose I, I see myself definitely as the, the visionary and the person with the ideas and, you know, how what it's going to look like. And then very much like my husband's my, my, my business partner and um, other members of the team are the people who make it then mm. happen. Um, so yeah, it's a really good distinction actually to have. And I think a lot of people like do ask me about business partners because they know I work with my husband and like how it all works. And I think actually knowing even just at that level, cause that's like the highest level, isn't it? Essentially like strategy level, what, who's the person who creates strategy and the vision and things like that. And then who's the person who's like goes to make it happen mm. and they have to be separate roles. And I think that's probably a good indicator of who you should work with. Yeah. Like know who you are. Yeah. And then go and find the opposite. It's so important. He's essentially the operations manager Mm -hmm. in my company. But honestly, everyone listening, I recommend like just go Google visionary versus integrator and you'll Mm. sort of see it. Um, One thing to note though is that it doesn't have to be a business partner. Mm. He is not my business partner. He doesn't own any of my company. I personally would not want to have a business partner. I've had business partners in the past and they've stolen money. Um, Uh. I've had issues like that. It was crazy. This guy stole about... I think it was like 12 grand. Um, we were doing some drop shipping. Again, this is why I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. this more. Like stay away from physical products. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so that all happened. And then it was just before I went to New York. Yeah. I just booked this like stupidly expensive hotel. And I'm like, oh, all right. you know, <laughs> New York is so expensive. And then yeah. to get a nice hotel is like next level. And I yeah. will not stay on somewhere. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm, I need somewhere nicer that I can focus on my business and then yes. if I get like two more clients I'm fine yeah. but anyway suddenly I'm just like getting this email come through hey I hey Lauren um I have an unpaid invoice from you and I was like what and it was from this guy and I ended up getting all my money back Ooh. just the day before I went to New York oh, wow. yeah how crazy it was perfect timing 
It was like mad because I think what had happened was I genuinely think because I hadn't heard from him Mm. for a whole year and I think he went to jail. It would have made sense with the timings and all that. Um, Yeah. Wow. I know. Crazy. But that's why it's so important to have good contracts in place. Yeah. Good legal systems in business because it's, oh, I've been burnt so many times and that's why now I just now have, she was an ex-client of mine. She now does all of my stuff like that because- You yeah. gotta, you gotta. Yeah, she's. Gotta it's really cool what she's done. She's because uh, I told her about all these. She was trying to build a fitness coaching company. Mm-hmm. Like she did that online fitness business school thing. Yeah. And then more recently, she joined like one of my higher level programs, and I said to her, I was, I was like, by the way, I have this contract. Like, can you write it for me? Yeah. And then we did a call because I just needed to tell her what I needed. Yeah. And I was like, you're so good at this. Like, have you never thought about doing something of that on your own? And she was like, no. A couple weeks later, she sends me a message like, Lauren, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. <laughs> and now she's building this company. It's really cool. It's called, uh, she's calling it Build, no, Protect Your Empire. Okay, nice. And then, yeah. her, and then I told her like, you're going to have to have like uh, something about explaining legal stuff. Because, yeah. you know, Protect Your Empire doesn't necessarily mean too much. Yeah. But it's so cool. Like, it's so smart what she's doing. It's for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs mm-hmm. who have online businesses who don't know about all the stuff that you need to do. Yeah. For example, me, I wasn't doing any of that for ages. Yeah. And only through getting bitten and losing a ton of money, way more than what a lawyer would have cost me. Yeah. Did I realize? Yeah. And so I, yeah, I just thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. I love, I love how you can then inspire people to go and actually do something that they're yes. really good at. And yeah. Yeah. That's a fun part about business is actually like sharing with other people and, Again, that's one of the reasons I do the podcast is actually be able to reach more people to kind of share like the knowledge and show that like, you know, you don't have to be one doing it all yourself. You can yeah. go and work with people. And yes, obviously, you know, I have a, a, a kind of, a, well, obviously a contract in place with my business partner that's called a marriage contract. <laughs> um, but but um, it, it just makes sense that actually, you know, you've got to have that level of trust with yeah. people you work with and and yeah, I just, I'm hearing a lot of stories. I don't know. It's just like some of the circles I'm in as well at the moment. Um, but a lot of people getting burnt by business partners. And I just like, I feel, uh, yeah, it's just like, there's got to be something done about that. So. Well, obviously for you and your husband, it's kind of different. But for most people, it's like the person that you spend the most time with is yeah. going to be your business partner. Yeah. It's like the most intimate in a different kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Relationship. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And so... I think that, you know, you have to have these difficult conversations. Yeah. But also making sure as the business owner, you hold your ground. Mm -hmm. You hold, like just now I was telling you about how I literally just had an experience (laughs) and uh, someone is trying not to pay me Mm. because they don't have the money. And it's like, thank God I was the one that asked for the contract. Yeah. Because he was never going to do a contract, but right. I asked for you one. You asked for one. Thank God I did. Yeah. Because otherwise I would not be getting paid quite a few thousand. And it's just... Crazy. I don't know. It's just people think they can get away with a lot. Yeah. Especially when you're like a small business owner, they sort of think, oh, just slip it under, you know, just a bit of yeah. cash, whatever. But it doesn't work that way. You yeah. have to make it clear that you are serious about... Yeah business about your business yeah no it's cool it's cool um okay i've got a couple of questions and then we're going to finish off with a few quick fire um it's been super um insightful as well like, i've really loved doing this i hope that yeah me too it's, cool. it's good um so uh i was having a little flick through your instagram stories on the way here <laughs> and noticed you were doing a 
talk in front of like 5,000 people. I've done one mm. in front of about 3,000 people. Obviously, this is America, so that there's more people available, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. good. Um, I think I did one here in the UK for nice. like three, three and a half thousand people. One of the biggest UK ones. Where was that? Um, That's cool. Down in Brighton. Okay. Um, it was great. Uh, yeah, a guy called Andrew Reynolds kind of put it on a promoter there. Um, but it was amazing. And I suddenly realised, it's like, I love big audiences. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really proud moment for me. And um, this is actually before I had um, the kids and stuff. Okay. So the question came into my head, and I don't know if this might be your answer, but actually what has been one of your proudest moments in business so far? Oh, I love this. Oh, wow. That's really a good <laughs> question. Proudest moment. Um, huh. <laughs> when I try to think about it, it's tough because there's not anything specific that like comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I think that I just love when, for example, yeah, when, when a client like will tell me, you know what, actually, I can think about it now. Yeah. I got a message from this girl called Tara mm-hmm. and it was like halfway through the month and she was like, Lauren, I just hit my first ever 10K month. Wow. And that was like so proud for me because this was probably over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was just sort of, testing the water with this new business that I was doing with the business coaching. Yeah. And obviously I knew that my systems worked for me, Yeah. but I wasn't sure if they'd work for other people. Yeah. And just that first time I got that, that was amazing. Yeah. Other proud moments. (laughs) I mean, there's been quite a few because I used to go to tons of expos and people would be like, for example, one time waiting in line for six hours to come and talk. Wow. It's insane. They spend their whole day just waiting. Like, it's mental. Um, people telling me when I was a fitness coach that I'd help them overcome anorexia. Wow. I stopped them from killing themselves. Like all these crazy things. Yeah. So for me, it's just about hearing how I'm changing people's lives. Yeah. I'm not really motivated by, oh, this month I hit my first ever, like however much I have yeah. hit. Like that's cool. Yeah. And like, I like to, I'll tell my dad and I'll be like, oh, guess what? Because I know that he, he's like super, well, he used to be super money motivated. So yeah, like that would be cool for him to hear. Yeah. But. But it's actually your impact on other people. Yeah. 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 And I think I, I bring up the, the kind of the audience size, because for me, that is about how many people you exactly. can impact in one go. A hundred percent. And so like, I might, you know, I wouldn't have been able to physically meet all those people in yeah. that arena in that kind of, you know, the time I had. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's like, I know now, like, people still come up to me and say, like, oh, like, I recognise you. And I'm like, oh, were you here or were you here? And they're like, oh, I've worked it out. Like, you were at the big Brighton entrepreneur yeah, event. Yeah. And I was like, amazing. And they know a lot more about me. Like, I share my story on stage about, you know, going from being employed and, you know, going through mental health issues and suffering with depression. And again, that touches so many people that, you know, yes, it, it's great if they hear the end of the message of like, you know, uh, finding a way to create wealth through, you know, a medium that works for them. But actually, sometimes it's the bit in the middle of like, you become relatable then, don't you? you yeah. People, I think mental health touches everyone, whether it's, you know, directly everyone. or indirectly. Oh um, and I just like, again, that's a message I feel very proud that I'm able to share with people. Exactly. Cause, you know, it was a long time when I couldn't share that with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just even having a platform that way, I mean as smaller platform as as it is as such but you know not celebrity status or anything like that yeah, but yeah. hey that's pretty cool right no I think so too I think yeah one of the coolest things um 
There was one which was cool. I, I basically, this year, I made a commitment to myself, like, I'm never flying economy again, like, <laughs> long haul. And, like, to be just sitting, like, in the seat, like, knowing, it's so cool. Like, I'm by far the youngest person in here. And, like, everyone else who's, like, similar to my age is, like, with their dad or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is cool. I made this happen. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the people are asking me, like, oh, so who are you with? And I'm just like, oh, by myself. And <laughs> they're just like, oh, okay. Like, looking at me like, oh, you spoiled brat. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm just like, well. But it's just, like, things like that I find, like, funny and I yeah. find cool. Um, but then one cool thing as well was when I, I did a talk with success resources. Um, so Kim Kiyosaki, the guy, the the wife of the woman, you obviously know who that is. Yeah. Like property and stuff. Yeah. Robert Robert Kiyosaki's wife. That was my first book into it really. Yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Exactly. Exactly. I just realized like as I was talking, the audience (laughs) will know. So I did a, I did a, it was actually a sales pitch. Yeah. They brought me in to do a sales pitch. Like nice. there was only two people doing a sales pitch, me and then this guy. Yeah. It was like a women's only event. The guy is like some shark. Like he just <laughs> closes like left, right and center. They brought me in to do a sales pitch for like that social media course that I was telling you about. Yeah. And it just did so good. Oh. And then at the end, like tons of people like rushing out and it was just like such a cool experience. Oh, and so that was cool. Um, just trying to think of a couple of other things, but I don't know. I just, the, the fact that every day I, I really am normally someone who is like very woo woo or like mm-hmm. spiritual or like that. But every day I meditate in the morning, like 10 minutes, that's all. Mm-hmm. And then I just write down the things I'm going to do that day. And at the end of the day, I write down like what I'm grateful for. And every day I'm just like feeling so proud. Mm-hmm. Just every day, you know, just yep. so so happy mm. and i just love what i do it's, it just makes me like it's giving me goosebumps now <laughs> because i just remember how it felt to wake up in that same bed like yeah. literally hating what i was yeah. doing that day like waking up in the morning hearing that alarm like just wanting to cry yeah and it's like now i want to cry but with happiness yeah and it's just the exact opposite that's beautiful and yeah i i, I can so relate to that like waking up like with the alarm clock oh, having to go to it and just I like, literally hear it uh, now and it, I genuinely think it gives me some sort of like I wouldn't say it because well, I have had my own issues with like mental <laughs> health issues but I it gives me some sort of like PTSD yeah <laughs> like, this is it you know it's not funny but it genuinely like it genuinely yeah. does yeah like seriously it gives me this like feeling in my body yeah like I feel like I don't know, it's really weird, actually. And I hear it all the time. And I, sometimes I think, like, am I hearing things? <laughs> like, it's, it's this one specific alarm. Yeah. Like, I won't play it now because no. it would genuinely just give me nightmares. But it's like, I was walking the other day and I was on the train and it went off on someone's phone. And oh, I goodness. have I wear noise-cancelling headphones. Yeah. And I was just like... <gasps> you like still that. heard it too. Yeah, it's wow. really weird. Like, how crazy is that? Proper getting into your psyche of like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was it was just such a bad time. I never yeah. really paint the picture that clearly as to how much I hated that job. Yeah. Because I just don't even like talking about it. Yeah, completely. You know? But what I, I suppose what I wanted to like say was so beautiful in that is the fact like you're waking up now, you feel like so happy. And energized and, and I want to get up. Yeah. You know? But you've like, even you've shared like very candidly in this podcast, like, you know, things have gone wrong. You have had partners, you know, screw you over, do things that you weren't oh, expecting, yeah. you know, even, you know, just for this, we were talking about someone who's not paid you. And, but even, it sounds like even though those things can happen when you're your own boss and when you run your own business and things like that, 
you are obviously so in your flow with what you're mm. doing. You're so al- aligned. Yeah, yeah. And and so it kind of doesn't matter. Right. And you're getting to live the life that you want to live. Is that like you're choosing your problems? Like yeah. I would way rather have the problem of like <laughs> someone hasn't paid me like however like seven grand or something. Yeah, yeah. Than the problem of the fact that like every day I wake up and I want to just yeah cry. Yeah. And I remember one day I woke up and I was always late for the train. Always, always. I had to get on the train at 6.01. That was the time. It would always leave two minutes early. So 5.59, around 5.54, I was running and it was raining. It was obviously pitch black. Mm. It was in winter. Yeah. I was wearing my suit. I was carrying my handbag. I don't know why I didn't have a rucksack. That was kind of stupid. (laughs) Phone in my hand and like a few cars going by, whatever. Suddenly, I hear whoosh, whoosh, this noise. I'm like, oh, for God's sake! I hear this big, loud. It's not a, it's not a machine gun. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I hear, I hear this lorry, like this truck, like coming by, and I'm like, oh yeah. no, there's a big puddle. Uh oh. And this huge puddle, and then suddenly I'm just so wrenched. Oh no. And I burst into tears. Oh. And at that point, I'm like, if that's making me cry, yeah, I know how bad I need to leave this job. Yeah. Because if that is making me cry. As someone who never cries, I'm not one of these women that cries. Yeah. Like I'm much more alpha. I'm way more of like a guy. (laughs) And at that point, I just knew, I just knew. Needed out. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing happened where I dropped my phone down the toilet and the same thing happened. Like I just cried (laughs) because I was like, my phone is the only thing that makes me happy at work. (laughs) That keeps me going. Oh no. Literally. So yeah, with that said, it's just crazy how much you can change your life if you yeah. intentionally make it happen. Yeah. People think they can just manifest this like crazy life and it's just like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to have intentional action. Yeah. That's what I think it's all about. Yeah. Love that. Um, okay. Should we go into quick fire? Yeah. Can I see where you're going to go? So uh, one of the things uh, I love to ask people is, is there someone um, or a thing that really inspires you? I'm just very inspired to beat myself from yesterday. Okay. Whether nice. it's in my business, whether it's in my fitness, anything, even yeah. the way that I am around other people, I just want to improve and be better than the day before. Nice. Cool. Um, not necessarily the best question, but gets good answers. Best advice you've received? <sighs> best advice that I've received. Although I'm, you've heard along the way, I know so you're, you're, you love your podcast, podcast and things like that. Yeah. I'm very careful about who I take advice from because mm-hmm. I will only take advice from someone if they've done the thing that I want to do. Yeah. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of people giving out advice who haven't done the thing. Yeah. It's crazy to me that when I was in university, my lecturers who were lecturing me on building a business had never had their own businesses. Yeah. So I couldn't really take that seriously. <laughs> Similarly, my brother's actually disabled and so he has been since he was two, whatever. And people would always sort of give us tips on raising him, but they'd never had like a disabled kid or mm. had anyone disabled. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. No. So when it comes to taking advice, I really firstly want to make sure that they've done the thing that I want to do in the yep. circumstance that I'm in. Yep. The best advice that I've received <laughs> in business. Yeah. I think probably it was actually from my dad. Yeah. And it's something that everyone can probably already know. They probably already know it, but it's good to be reminded of it. It's like, 
just get the money in your bank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's not a done deal until it's in the bank. Until it's in the bank. So for example, like when I'm on, when I, well, I don't do them anymore, but when I was on a sales call, I don't get too excited until the money's in my bank. Yeah. You always want to be the one who has the control of the money. Mm-hmm. So let's just say someone is, well, I'm in a great example of it now. Person who did the retreat, mm-hmm. they had the control of the money because mm-hmm. the money was going into their account. Now they have to pay me. Yeah. It's better for them to pay you and you be the one paying the people. Yes. Make sense? Yeah. So I never really had ever thought about that before because when I was first doing my fitness coaching, well, not at the very beginning, but during a period of time, that said to me, okay, so the money's going into their bank and then every month you have to invoice them. No, it has to be the other way around. Yeah. Money goes in your bank every month they invoice you. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. So I'm so happy that he told me that when I was like 18. Yeah. Because otherwise I would have been way more lenient and mm. I wouldn't have really understood. Because, you know, I'm so young in business, like people will try to take advantage. Even if you're not young in business, no. people will try to take advantage. Yeah. And so having that understanding, it came up the other day and I just can't remember where it came up. But just being in control of the money. Yeah. <laughs> like it. It's a good one. Okay, uh, I love this question. I was going to see where you're going to go with that. So if you had a magic wand, what is the one, you can only choose one, problem in the world that you would solve and why? Disability, hands yeah. down. Because my brother's disabled and I've seen how much it's impacted his life, obviously, and mm-hmm. the life of my family. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, I would literally get rid of every disability in the world. It is the worst thing. and I just would never wish it upon anyone. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is like death. Okay. It's kind of similar. So How like, interesting would that be if no one ever died? My God. It'd be so weird, wouldn't it? It would. Just would, like, would, would we appreciate life in the same way? I don't know. I, do, I just don't know. Yeah. It's such an crazy thought because there'd be some people so old. But imagine if you got rid of like disability and like illness and death. Everyone would stay healthy, but they'd just be yeah. so old. I don't know. It'd be so interesting. And they'd be so wise. They'd be learning uh, so much. the thing. I don't see, know. See, I feel like I, I, I quite like the idea that I, if everyone could be healthy until the point of just a natural, peaceful death would be. Yeah, be nice. I agree. No, yeah. exactly. That's it. So I feel like that. that should be possible. I feel like yeah. the environment, like what we put into our bodies, things like that, like uh, being a big factor right now. But at the same time, yeah, I mean more and more people are dying from like alzheimer's mm-hmm. but that's not healthy no. really you're still not healthy when you have that no. so it's like it'd be good if it could just happen before that i don't yeah. know it's it's really tough isn't it yeah but um it's funny Ooh, that you bring that question up because <laughs> it's really good everyone listening if you have a service-based business not like service accommodation as in like <laughs> service where you're helping someone with something yeah. uh, uh, rather than a product yeah. yeah pretty much like one thing that's really cool to do is ask your clients if I could wave a magic wand and help you with one thing right now, what would it be? Yeah. Because when you say right now and like a magic, you get them thinking big mm. and it can help you tailor what you teach them. Yeah. It's Light something up. that I do and it just really works. Yeah, there we go. How funny is that? And and of course I have to ask this um, and funny enough because we're talking about the rebrand of the podcast, but <laughs> um, what does a leveraged lifestyle mean to you? For me, it's all just about being able to work on the things that I am passionate about and have the freedom to be able to 
made the biggest impact, honestly, because when you leverage your personal time, then you're able to focus on the things that are the most important and going to move the needle forward the most. So it's all about freedom and fulfillment for me, Mm -hmm. you know, not just for myself, but also for the people that I impact. Nice. See, impact's definitely your word. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So to just round things off, what's next for you personally and for your business? And then how can people find out more about you? Yeah. So next for me, I'm just focusing on scaling the impact academy, like impact schools academy, really. That's the biggest thing. Obviously then on the back end of that, getting people into the continuity I'm big on LinkedIn at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm going all in on LinkedIn. Cool. So it's just my name, Lauren Tickner. It's spelled L-A-U-R-E-N. And then my surname, T-I-C-K-N-E-R. Nice. Same on Instagram. Cool. Um, We'll put all the links in show notes as well. Yeah. And obviously, Impact School Podcast. Go check it out. Subscribe. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Nice. Cool. And I think... um, we're going to have in the show notes as well, a link to one of your free online workshops as well. So people yeah. can kind of get a bit awesome. involved. If you've got an online business, see Lauren's your girl. Yeah. And, uh, online, for anyone who wants to have like an online coaching or consulting business yeah, and who can genuinely change people's either like their life, their relationships, their body, their business, anything where you can actually make an important change. We can't work with anyone who is sort of mediocre at what they do. Because <laughs> in order to command a high price, you yep. need to be really good. Yeah. And so that's why we're super particular about that. Nice. There we go. Cool. Well, and I'll just sign off here because it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank uh, you for today. having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And uh, I always believe there is no better time than now to start creating your leveraged stuff. So, awesome. Thank you. Lord. Thank you. Yes.